Today is my birthday. I am turning 37. Yes, this year I want to celebrate my birthday, which is wonderful because, as you know, there was a time in my life a couple of years ago when I did not want to celebrate my birthday because I did not want to leave. I want to celebrate my birthday and I'm having a bunch of friends over and... I decided that I want to be the one cooking for everyone. But of course, this morning is my time with you. As always, I'm doing this podcast because I want to get you thinking about a very important topic. Is God good? So today we're exploring, is God good? And here's a spoiler for you. God is good, I believe. But... I also understand how sometimes we all can have objections to God's goodness. I personally have many objections to God's goodness, which I'm going to share with you in this episode of my Christian podcast for women, The Anna Zeba Show, today. I had been at odds with God many times in the past five and a half years since I became a Christian. I wrote God angry letters And I questioned how on earth a good God would allow so many bad things possibly happen to me in my life. And you know what? All of this is normal. It's normal for us to wonder. It's normal for us to question. God wants us to ponder our own faith and our relationship with Him. He does not want want us to be like children, whatever we are told That's what we're believing. No, we need to have our faith mature. That's what the Bible says, that we need to be mature, not lacking anything. And the way we become mature is by testing our faith and by pondering what we believe and why things happen. And guess what? On my journey, writing angry letters to God was a part of it all, of my growth and my process of maturing. God created me perfect in his own image with my curious and inquisitive mind. So I questioned him, yes, and he's cool with it. And I guess if you have a mind like mine, if you question everything, if you want to know for yourself, if you at any moment have a list of 10 questions about everything, including about God, including his opinion about you, why he allowed this and that happen in your life. That's great because guess who made you? Yep, God is your manufacturer. He manufactured you perfect in his image. So all of this is normal. Also, I encourage you to question what you personally believe about God. That was the topic of last week's episode called What is Faith? And I highly recommend it. If you didn't listen, go and listen to What is Faith? episode of my Christian podcast for women from last week. The Anna Zabo show has two goals, to encourage and empower you and to help you think about your own thinking. Yes, and by the way, in the next few weeks, I'm going to have a podcast episode for you called How to Think About Your Own Thinking. 
I want you to stand firm on your own two feet and think for yourself about such serious topics as God, as your faith, what you believe, why you believe it, how did you come to believing what you believe, and all of that. So today I will share some food for thought and I hope that you will ponder this topic and share your thoughts with me to comment on this content and see the show notes for this episode go to annaslabo.com forward slash god is good again it's annaslabo.com forward slash god is good and i'm going to link to it in the show notes below in the description Today's episode of the Anna Zabo Show Christian Podcast for Women is brought to you by Online Discipleship for Women, a Christian ministry dedicated to helping alleviate suicide among women globally by sharing hope in Christ and encouraging you to create a joyful life by embracing God's Word. For more information, visit onlinediscipleshipforwomen.com. Here is what we will be discussing today. First of all, I'm going to tell you why God is not great. I will share with you my eight personal objections to God's goodness. Next, we will discuss, is God good? We will explore together how can possibly God who lets us suffer so much in life actually be good. I then will share with you some quotes about God's goodness and Bible verses about God's goodness. Then we will talk about why God allows suffering. Why does God allow suffering was the question I pondered a lot when I was in a marriage with my narcissistic husband and suffering from severely suicidal depression. Why does God allow suffering? Everyone wants to know. Let's talk about it today very, very honestly. I'm going to share with you from my heart, from what I've lived through in my life, how much I suffered. I'm going to give it all to you. And then you can reflect on your own life using some of this information. And... I'm going to give you next five reasons why God allows bad things to happen. And after that, I will conclude by sharing with you my poem about God's goodness. I wrote that poem in 2017 as well. You are going to get a lot of value out of this Christian podcast for women today. So go to annasabo.com forward slash God is good and bookmark the show notes so that you can come back often to this podcast and you can read and comment on the blog there so that we can start a conversation because as you grow through your spiritual journey as i'm growing through my spiritual journey we gain more and more knowledge and understanding and awareness we got to share this we need to talk about all of this Also, follow me on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube at AnnaZaboJDMBA. On Pinterest, I've been publishing lots of helpful information. Head over to Pinterest, just type in Pinterest 
facebook.com forward slash Anna Sabo JD MBA. Go follow me there because there I have biblical affirmations for you. I have helpful how to guides on various topics related to this Christian podcast. So if you are on Pinterest, which you should be, of course, go follow me on pinterest.com forward slash Anna Sabo JD MBA. Over 300 of you downloaded last week's episode where I shared about my faith journey and how I landed a TEDx talk for 2020 last Saturday. Yes, my dream of becoming a TEDx speaker has come to fruition. And now I'm going to be speaking at a TEDx conference here in Atlanta this year. Glory to God. In that episode... I also shared with you about my 52 devotionals shirt designs being stolen. Let me catch my breath. I'm about to start getting so angry. Multiple websites all over the world were set up to steal my 52 devotionals, Christian shirts for women, and sell them there. So they're misleading you when you type into Google 52 devotionals Christian shirts Anna Zabo, you're supposed to see my products, the products I stand for, the products I guarantee that they come from me. And there are only two merch platforms where my Christian apparel for women is available. However, 20 different websites were set up all over the globe. They stole my designs and they started selling them through Google advertising, running them to you misleading you, lying to you, assuming my identity. 52 devotionals were given to me by God in 2017 as I was going through that severely suicidal depression of which, of course, you know from this podcast because in 2017, I openly talked about it. I decided to explore what God said about me as I didn't want to leave at all, not even another hour. I was so severely suicidal. God revealed to me 52 amazing things He says about me and about you, us as His children. He then asked me to share the 52 things from the Bible with you. And that's how I wrote a book of 52 devotionals with 52 positive biblical affirmations I personally created for you and I gave it all away for free. You can get my free book on my website, on my homepage, on my blog, anywhere, anytime. It's absolutely free. It's called 52 devotionals. I used the biblical affirmations, 52 devotionals, to create Christian shirts for women and hoodies and long sleeve shirts and v-necks and also Christian coffee mugs for women, pillows and home decor, but only shirt designs were stolen. So I spent weeks designing and setting up my store on Amazon and on Teespring, those designs were stolen by over 20 different companies. I've been dealing with this for two weeks, patrolling the internet, reporting to the FBI, the Federal Trade Commission, the hosting of the websites which stole the shirts. I have to do a lot of investigation in each case and on and on and on. And honestly, I'm exhausted by this. So why would God allow this to happen? Why does God allow something like this to happen when he himself gave me this, right? 
I already know the answer. God gave me 52 devotionals for my ministry, Online Discipleship for Women. But I never built my shop there because I was so intimidated by the technology of WordPress and WooCommerce. Guess what? God made a case this time and I learned my lesson. I learned the technology and I built my own shop this week. So you can go to anasabo.com forward slash shop to see the result of my work. And it is there this week. And it wasn't there last week because I wasn't willing to build it for the last two weeks, two years. For the last two years, since this information was revealed to me by God, I was not willing to invest time, energy, and effort into learning how to build all of this. But now, when I witnessed how different websites all over the world are building shops with my products they stole from me, I finally woke up to reality and I built my own shop with my own products. Visit my shop, go to anazabo.com forward slash shop and you'll land on my ministry website. Let me know what you think. This was just one example of how I was questioning God's goodness, especially working day and night on his ministry, the ministry God gave me and feeling like I can't get ahead because now websites that steal my designs pop up every day. I think I finally caught up with them. So now let's begin our discussion with some serious adversity that I know you will be able to relate. Even if you couldn't relate to this devastating example I just shared with you from my current life, I'm going to share with you so much adversity I endured in life right now. So I'm going to start by sharing with you my eight reasons for why God is not great. These are my personal objections to God's goodness. And I hope that you will be able to ponder this information as you're thinking about your thinking about this topic. Number one, I experienced severe childhood abuse. How can a good God allow a little innocent girl to be abused, beaten, molested, yelled at daily, neglected, unloved, abandoned, and blamed for being born? How can God be good and allow her, that little girl, to be dressed up as a boy? by her crazy mother and be called a boy's name, Anton. That's what my mother called me, Anton. How can a good God allow that little girl to suffer so much? Why does God allow suffering? My objection to God's goodness number two. I was hated by my mother who wished me death. How can a good God allow a mother to tell her daughter straight in the eye regularly, I hate you and I just want you dead? Can God possibly be called good when he allowed a little precious defenseless Russian girl to be threatened by her mother with suicide 
describing in detail how the mother would hang herself on a kitchen chandelier and write a letter that it was this child's fault. That was my mother and the child was I. Why does God allow evil? My objection to God's goodness number three. I was fatherless and rejected for that. How can a good God allow a precious child be fatherless, be called fatherless, be rejected even by her own grandma for being fatherless, and wait every day, month after month, year after year, for her father to show up on her birthday, on January 18th, every single year? waiting that he will pop out of the white thick Russian snow with a teddy bear and a box of chocolates and love on her. That was me every January 18th growing up. Can a good God allow such unimaginable pain? It's pure evil. Why does God allow evil? My next objection to God's goodness, I was brainwashed by my mother who addicted me to sex and alcohol. Can a good God allow an innocent girl to be used by her mother for her sexual needs and get addicted to sex through brainwashing and identity hijacking by her insane mother? How can a good God allow something so terrible to happen? Why so much suffering? Why does God allow suffering? My next objection. I was raped twice. How can a good God allow a teen girl to be sexually violated by multiple men multiple times? Just how and why? Why? Does God allow so much evil? My next objection. I was impregnant as a teen and had a miscarriage. How can a good God allow a teen student go through an unexpected pregnancy and experience miscarriage? Why? Why does God allow evil? My next objection. I was lured to a foreign country and enslaved by a man. How can a good God allow a young woman with big dreams and a good heart to be lured into marriage with a foreigner who abused her, enslaved her, kept her in captivity, and eventually nearly killed her? How can a good God allow her to become homeless, hopeless, and helpless in a foreign country without speaking the language? That is my story. My list of the records of wrongs by God goes on and on and on. I promise you. Why does God allow suffering? There is a lot I don't understand. But here is the biggest one. I was manipulated by a cruel narcissist into suicidal depression and almost died. How can a good God allow his faithful servant, a woman dedicated to him wholeheartedly, be taken advantage of by Satan himself. That's whom I was married to, Satan. How can God be good and allow 
such a cruel brush with death in my own life why does god allow evil how can god be good god is not great right here's the truth we don't know what good means so let's talk about what is good we must define good first okay to answer this question we must first define what is the meaning of the word good the dictionary has two completely different definitions of good we must explore them both in order to continue discerning whether or not god is good the first definition comes from dictionary.com good is that which is morally right righteousness good is whatever is morally right hmm let's see what is morally right is it morally right for men to sleep with multiple women whatever your opinion there are cultures around the world that define morally righteous completely opposite of what you think right or what i think some defend polygamy even today in the united states of america some despise polygamous lifestyle and defend monogamy here's another one is childhood labor morally righteous whatever your opinion there are cultures that defend the point of view completely opposite of yours i grew up working really hard my childhood labor was deployed regularly by my family members and i mean dangerous physical labor that caused my spine injury some cultures use children for heavy labor and some don't which perspective is righteous are children brides okay is it okay to force girls to marry old men and give birth at 10 years old some cultures defend it as morally righteous and some fight against this very concept so who defines what is morally righteous who defines this that's what i want to know it's extremely subjective and what is morally righteous anyway you see we define good when it comes to god by our own measure of what is morally righteous yet the standards for moral righteousness are extremely subjective and are not universally defendable you and i will not agree on the same thing so who defines what good is the entire argument about whether or not what god allows to happen is morally righteous is a failed argument because there are no universally agreed upon standards for moral righteousness among us human beings in other words until we as humans evolve to the point of consciousness where we all and each of us collectively undoubtedly agree regarding what is morally righteous when it comes to the standards by which we judge god we can't answer the question about his goodness logically there is another definition for you the definition of the word good good means having the qualities required for a particular role so to judge if our creator god is good from the perspective of this definition we need to know for sure what qualities are required to be god the sovereign king of the entire universe 
omnipresent, everlasting, and all-knowing. Do you know which qualities are required to be God? If you do, how do you know? Who coined the definition of the qualities required to be God? <laughs> you did not create God. God created you. Who would be judging whether or not God has the qualities required to be God? These all are self-defeating questions. Because you and I aren't omnipresent, everlasting, or all-knowing, we don't know at least two things. Number one, what qualities are required to be God and whether or not God has the qualities required to be God. Well, if we don't know at least these two fundamental basics, we cannot discern. So we can't know if God is good. We aren't equipped or qualified to judge God. If we aren't equipped or qualified to judge God and discern whether or not He actually is good, what do we do then? Here are some quotes I found for you and I would like to share with you so that you can ponder and figure out your own perspective. That's really what matters to me, that you think about your own thinking and that you develop your thinking and then you stick to your own thinking, not what your mama told you or your pastor at church, okay? The first quote I'm going to share with you is by Max Lucado from his book, Is God Good? And here is what he says. Most, if not all of us have a contractional agreement with God. The fact that he hasn't signed it doesn't keep us from believing it. I pledge to be good, decent person, and in return God will, etc., etc. Save my child, heal my spouse, protect my job, fill in the blank. Only fair, right? Yet when God fails to meet our bottom line expectations... We are left spinning in a tornado of questions. Is God good at all? Is God angry at me? Is God overworked? Is he on vacation? Is his power limited? His authority restricted? Did the devil outwit him? When life isn't good, what are we to think about God? Where is he in all of this? God at times permits tragedies. He permits the ground to grow dry and stocks to grow bare. He allows Satan to unleash mayhem. But he doesn't allow Satan to triumph. Isn't this the promise of the Bible in Romans 8:28? We know that for those who love God, all things together work for good for those who are called according to his purpose. God promises to render beauty out of all things, not each thing. All things, not each thing. Okay? The isolated events may be evil, but the ultimate culmination is good. We see small examples of this in our own lives. When you sip on a cup of coffee and say, this is good, what are you saying? The plastic bag that contains the bean is good. The beans themselves are good. Hot water is good. A coffee filter is good. No, none of this. Good happens when the 
ingredients work together the bag opened the beans ground into powder the water heated to the right temperature it is the collective cooperation of the elements that creates good we must let god define good our definition includes health comfort and recognition his definition in the case of his son jesus christ the good life consisted of struggles storms and death but god worked it all together for the greatest of good his glory and our salvation max locato is god good i have another quote on this topic for you and that comes from godquestions.com jesus declared no one is good except god alone luke 18:19. first john 1 5 tells us that god is light in him there is no darkness at all to say that he is good means that god always acts in accordance to what is light true and good goodness is part of god's nature and he cannot contradict his nature holiness and righteousness are part of god's nature he cannot do anything that is unholy or unrighteous god is the standard of all that is good again that was from godquestions.com so i hope that these two perspectives in addition to my own help you think about your own perspective on the topic of is god good now let me share with you some bible verses about god's goodness if god is the only true standard of good and righteous then his own word is the only objective measure of goodness of anything right i have a doctoral degree in criminal justice so i think logically even though i'm creative and i do art and i write poetry i'm very logical everything has to make sense so far everything is making sense right god is the only standard for good and righteous his word is the only objective measure of goodness of anything and his word the bible says that he is good are you following me okay now let's talk about exodus 34 6 the lord the lord god merciful and gracious long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth psalm 145 9 the lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works first chronicles 1634 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Ezra 3.11 And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 25.8 Good and upright is the Lord psalm 23 6 surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever mark 10 18 no one is good but one that is god 
James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light. Matthew 7.11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 145, 5, 7, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Man shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Psalm 33:5. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 34:8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Psalm 104:5. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And I have more Bible verses on the topic of God's goodness. So go to annasabot.com forward slash God is good and see God's word about his own goodness. Because we did not create God. He created everything. Why does God allow suffering? Let's talk about this. I personally have five reasons why God allows bad things to happen. I came up with these reasons from pondering my own faith, my own relationship with God, being at odds with God, and running back into His arms and asking for His mercy and grace and forgiveness. And so here are my five reasons why God allows bad things to happen. Number one, God allows for afflictions to test our faith and draw us closer to Him. In the Bible, Job is called God's most faithful servant. Yet when Satan came to God to ask his permission to tempt Job, God ordained the evil to which Satan subjected Job. This blows my mind. Just think about this. When I was living in a marriage with Satan himself, This is what I read and I pondered every day. I could not make sense of that marriage. I could not make sense of the suffering and abuse I endured in that marriage with the narcissist. But when I thought about Satan going to God to ask if he could tempt Job, there was a reason for it. God ordained bad things Satan did to Job in order to test Job's faith after which God blessed him. Exact same thing happened to me. The exact same thing. And now it's 2020. I look back on 2016 and 2017, and that's exactly what I see. Satan came and tempted me, and God tested my faith. And then he blessed me. God blessed Job after going through trials, despite afflictions. Job 
drew closer to God and grew in his faith. And you know that's what happened to me as well, because that's how this ministry, Online Discipleship for Women, was born. All this content, the podcast, the YouTube videos, Christian meditations I produce, my blog, everything came from that season. The gospel makes it clear that God wants us to mature, grow, develop discernment and wisdom, and be in an intimate relationship with God through Christ. And that is exactly how 52 devotionals I talked to you earlier came about. They were given to me in my personal conversations with God as I was drawing closer to God. And if you go back on this podcast and listen to all those episodes as I was going through hell with Satan, who dragged me through hell on earth, I promise you, you will witness for yourself how God works, how he wants us to grow and mature through adversity. Adversity tends to rid us of ourselves and draw us closer to God. So that was reason number one. Reason number two, among my five reasons, we are on a journey of sanctification where we must become Christ-like. The Bible teaches us that when we give our lives to Christ, we experience justification after which we go through the lifetime of becoming like Christ, sanctification, which prepares us for glorification. Sanctification of us isn't possible in the context of sipping margaritas on a beach in Bali. So we must endure trials and tribulations to develop Christ-like character qualities. Adversity tests and develops our character so that we can be like Christ. Reason number three, God wants us to grow and mature in our faith. Childlike faith is not good. I even did a painting about it for my Etsy shop, enazaboart.etsy.com. Childlike faith is not good, so we must mature in our faith. And that happens through tests, which take place during trials and adversity. Mature faith is good because it allows us to glorify God. It allows us to think on our own two feet why we have faith, what is our faith all about, and how we became faithful. To glorify God, we need mature faith, not childlike faith, and that's why we must grow As we go through adversity and experience pain and suffering, pain and suffering help us mature in our faith and grow. Reason number four, why God allows bad things to happen. We are here for a purpose and God prepares and equips us through trials. God prepared good works in advance for us to do. For me, God prepared this Christian ministry. He needed to prepare me with content, but first he needed to send me through hell with Satan. 
God prepared good works in advance for you to do, for me to do, for us to do, to do God's work. We must be uniquely equipped and prepared. Now, this podcast has been downloaded by over 10,000 people. It's now 11,500 people who downloaded it all over the world. Somehow, I am able to give it to you, right? But how did this content come about? How is it that this content I have to give to you? Well, guess what? This content comes from my baggage, from trials, tribulations, adversity, suffering, pain I lived through. That is how God equipped and prepared me to help you through this ministry. And by the way, if this ministry ever served you, you can make a donation on my website, nlsable.com. There is a donation button for you. To get equipped by God for the purpose of our lives, we go through specific experiences. That is how God equips and prepares us for whatever our purpose is, which he designed for us. We go through specific trials in life to get equipped to fulfill God's purpose. That was reason number four. Reason number five, God comforts us so that we can then comfort others in the same way. Exactly what I said about my ministry, my blog, my podcast. As of now, over 5,000 people read my blog and I launched it on September 22nd, 2019. These thousands of people find value in my blog because my content comforts them in some way. Well, God comforted me. He comforted me so that I can now comfort you. God's grace is sufficient for our circumstances. God comforts us in adversity. God asks us that we leverage the comfort we received from him to comfort others who go through the same trials. And I'll give you an immediate example. It's my birthday and I have a bazillion of things to do to prepare for my party. And obviously, this podcast has already been over 40 minutes. This is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to set up. It's a lot of work to prepare this content for you. Then I have to edit it for white noise or if a dog barked somewhere outside my window. Then I have to publish and optimize it. This is a ton of work for me. Why am I doing this for you? Because God comforted me and helped me grow in my faith. And he gave me hope through my trials. Now God asked me to leverage the comfort I received from him. To go comfort you through your trials. If you're wondering if God is good. If you experienced miscarriage. If you are experiencing abuse right now. If you're homeless. If you're battling addictions. If you are pregnant with a dead child. If your life situation is so devastating, you're pondering, is God good? Does God remember my name? Or is he on vacation? This podcast is going to be out there in the web universe for you. And my hope is that when you hear this content, you will be comforted. Why am I doing it on January 18th, 2020? Is because 
when I was suicidal and depressed in 2016 and 2017 married to narcissist, I was comforted by God and people who dedicated a ton of time to me just to help me survive. Without adversity, sitting on a white sand-covered private beach in Barbados and being served whatever food and drinks I wanted while watching the Caribbean Sea, I was neither growing in my faith nor being equipped to comfort you. I've traveled around the world in the most exotic expensive beaches. I stayed in very expensive fancy hotels and I was not being prepared during the time for my ministry and I did not know what the purpose of my life even was. Well, except maybe to eat a lobster or something. God ordained a lot of adversity in my life, abuse, addictions, alcoholism, depression, divorce, miscarriage, suicide attempts, homelessness, and the list goes on and on. However, he blessed me with his special grace, which was sufficient for me to overcome all my trials. When I was weak, I leaned on the Lord and he never failed me. If you're weak right now, if you think you can't handle your life's trials, if you cannot stand what you're going through, if you feel like giving up, lean on the Lord. His grace is sufficient for you and he never failed you and he will not start now. He will not start failing you now. You need to lean on the Lord. Through trials and tribulations, God equipped me for this ministry. Online Discipleship for Women is the direct product of my suicidal depression, of the abuse I endured in my narcissistic marriage with Satan himself. This is the good works God prepared in advance for me to do and to equip and prepare me for this work. He allowed Satan to drag me through hell. Adversity caused me to draw closer to Jesus and mature in my faith. Whatever your life trials and tribulations right now, use this as an opportunity to lean on the Lord, draw closer to God and grow in your faith. That's how my ministry came about. I did this what I'm recommending you do. I did it. When I couldn't get out of bed, when I didn't want to brush my teeth or even drink water or pee, I still was lying there, suicidal, depressed, pondering what God says about me. Why God gave me this life? Why I'm even here? This Christian ministry, Online Discipleship for Women, was founded in 2017 when I was struggling to even be here on earth for my next breath. God grew my faith and hope and asked me to share the gospel with you, to help you create a joyful life by embracing God's word. My mission is to help alleviate suicide among women globally by encouraging you to grow in your faith and hope. My vision is to help you create a joyful life by embracing God's word. My goal is to make the gospel practical and applicable to your daily experiences. That's why I get on this podcast and invest hours into bringing this content to you so that you can reflect using this information on your own life. So, 
what am I saying to you today from this side of my journey with Satan? God is good all the time. That's what I'm concluding. Life has been laborious for me. The adversity oftentimes appears to be too much for me. But only when I try to lean on my own understanding, that's when I was overwhelmed, suffocating from anxiety and thinking about giving up and just killing myself. I discovered that leaning on the Lord helps make my path straight. He is good all the time. I wrote a poem about God's goodness and my trust in his promises of using all things together for good and giving me beauty for my ashes, which of course he did. And I constantly share it with you so that you know my story of God's glory and you have hope, whatever your story is, that there will be glory on the other side of your story, that you will see that God is good and you will witness his promises in your life. So I want to share with you this poem that is called Your Plan is Always Perfect. You said your plan is perfect. Can I believe it, God? Sometimes I feel in conflict with scope of trial so broad. But then I look around. I pay attention close and see your grace abound in sorrow and in loss. I trust your every vow, your holy word I trust. Sometimes I wonder how your beauty comes from dust. Your plan for me to prosper, have future and hope. Wholeheartedly I trust in and never will I stop. I also wrote a poem about God's grace during the trials and tribulations I shared with you. And I share more details about all of that on my blog, nsabot.com forward slash blog. And remember, when you go there, you will end up on onlinediscipleshipforwomen.com. It's just a domain that is hard to spell. Nobody knows how to spell the word discipleship. So nsabot.com is a redirect to my ministry website, onlinediscipleshipforwomen.com. So I wrote a poem that is called I'm grateful for your special grace. I wrote that poem as I was going through unimaginable experiences with Satan I told you about. It was in 2017. I just got out of a sermon that Randy Pope at Perimeter Church was sharing about God's special grace. I wept. Then I got to the atrium at Perimeter Church. It was a sunny day. I just sat on the couch and I wrote this whole poem. It's called, I'm grateful for your special grace. Dear God, we often ask in desperation if you are actually always good, some Bible verses cause frustration. Their meaning is misunderstood. We wonder if a good, good father who promised numbering our hair, protecting us, promoting farther, can actually cause us such despair. These days, I'm studying you closely. By trials I now am refined. On grace my mind is focused mostly. Your common grace 
and special kind. You give your common grace to many, no matter lifestyle or belief, by meeting basic needs of any policeman, president or thief. But there is also special blessing. You give to some with special grace, divorce or cancer or depressing brain tumor or a stocking case, a loss of child to shooting or jumping off a building top or drug addiction, prosecuting or taking pills at school workshop or being pregnant with dead baby or being homeless for a while, enduring violence, rape or maybe surviving workplace that's hostile. Can really be that God, your kindness and goodness, tenderness and grace are all our own naive and blindness and other view we must embrace. But asking this, I look back closely on one example of my life. Domestic violence, despair mostly, enduring beatings, threats and strife it wasn't pretty at the time but looking back i see your purpose you drew me to you through that crime to my salvation that was service another instance is divorce with men who lured me into marriage not anything you would endorse yet you worked that to my advantage You grew me, pruned me, rid me of my flesh, my anger, my resentment, replacing them with skills to love, with joy, with peace, and with contentment. So, God, can actually I agree that you are good and your will is perfect? I know. My trials you decree. But from the pain, I always profit. I gain awareness. I gain gifts of faith and hope and perseverance. On you rely I as life shifts. I trust your holy interference. I trust your word. I trust your plan. I trust your truth and your commitment to use for good my one life span and bless me with a royal treatment, a party in your daughter's name, a feast with Jesus in his glory, saluting reasons why I came, my messed up life and troubled story. In Mass, you drew me close to you, revealing purposefully your goodness. You made me like a baby, new. You gave me heaven and fresh pureness. You've taught me grace. You've taught me love, acceptance, mercy, and forgiveness. About you, I've learned enough to be with Jesus strong and fearless. I claim your good. I claim your my 
protective, loving, caring father. I hurt from pain. I can't deny. But through tough times, you've grown me farther. I thank you for your special grace. I thank you for each gift and blessing. I thank you for this broken place from which your goodness I'm professing. I wrote this poem on July 30th, 2017, exactly a few days before I was entering a hell through which the narcissist drug me and I was crucified. I will tell you that on the other side of that, today I claim that God is good. And if you're going through hell right now, I ask you to consider leaning on the Lord and not your own understanding because God is good all the time. And all the time, He is good. Thanks for listening today. This Christian podcast for women exists for the sole purpose of encouraging and empowering Christian women and helping you create a joyful life by embracing God's word. I get right here completely naked with you every Saturday on the Anna Zabo show. No pretense. I am not portraying my life as perfect. I am not perfect. And my relationship with God is not perfect. If this is the kind of content that encourages and empowers you, subscribe to this podcast, leave me a review on iTunes, and leave a comment there once you figure out what you think about God's goodness. And remember to buy your 52 devotionals Christian shirts for women on annazabo.com forward slash shop only. Have a blessed week. I'm going to go celebrate my birthday. I have a big speaking engagement on Monday talking about this very topic. Why do bad things happen to good people? And I will be sharing that content with you next week on Saturday. So stay tuned, subscribe. God bless. Bye-bye.